when it would come to your home every month, you would just pray for us and be aware of our ministry. So if you're not, if you're not getting it, uh, sign up. Simple as that. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Um, tonight, uh, I am going to, uh, I, I, I pray that tonight we'll, we'll, we'll build your faith and encourage your heart and give you a sense of hope for Big Bear Christian Center and to this region here. Um, you know, some places are easy to minister. I, I pastored four different churches, and um, some places were just easy. I mean, people got saved, people got healed, the church grew, you know. Other places were hard, you know. I know this hasn't been necessarily easy, you know, but um, but how, how many of you know that it, it's not too hard for God? All right, so, all right. Let me let me start out by just reading from Matthew 24. You know this, but hear it. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And we all say amen to that, right? <laughs> and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then, listen, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. So <clears throat> Jesus is painting a picture of the last days that, <clears throat> and we're going to find out that there's also going to be last day revival and people coming to Christ and so forth. But there's also going to be this, the flip side of that coin, huh? where people are growing cold, people are getting deceived, people are, you know, are, 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 are turning in their friends, just all kinds of horrible stuff happening. And so we need to guard our own hearts, is what I'm saying. I need to guard my heart. You need to guard your heart. None of us are, are, are beyond uh, being susceptible to deception or, 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 or to coldness or to dryness. Um, and so for all of us, it, it, it's so important that we, we just, we just keep in tune with what the spirit of God is speaking to our hearts and that we're not, we're not building up resistance against what God wants to say and wants to do in our lives. And then, then he, he says in the midst of all of this, not too happy stuff, the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And, you know, our ministry in small part and lots of other ministries as well, obviously, are, are focusing on reaching the nations. We do it primarily by media, television, and uh, now social media and other stuff that we're using to, to uh, preach the gospel all over the world. Um, but the goal is, is, is what, what Jesus said is going to happen. This is, this is going to happen. The gospel is going to be preached 
as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Um, Acts 2, verse 40 says, 47 says, The Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. And we could almost change the word added to multiplied. You know, because we, we see that multiplication factor. We see Acts chapter 2, verse 41, 500 to 3,500. Chapter 4, another 5,000 men plus women and children. So really miraculous multiplication. And, and that is happening. Do you realize that today, today, right now, this day, 82,000 people came to Christ. Now when we say came to Christ, it doesn't mean they raised their hand or just went to a crusade and walked the aisle or something else. But these are 82,000 true converts. They've been able to to have enough evidence now where they've been able to determine how many people are coming to Christ and really becoming followers of Jesus. And, and they've discovered it's a minimum of 82,000 people every day are coming to Christ. Pretty amazing. Um, 85% of the world today has a Bible in their own language. So thank God for Wycliffe and you know, for other ministries that are they're they're doing that stuff and it's hard work. My goodness, I gotta I gotta my my brother's best friend is is a translator in, in Nepal and we've we've just done three campaigns in Nepal in the last two years. And and, and here's Nepal is a company country that's ninety five percent Hindu. It's probably the most Hindu nation in the world. And um <clears throat> uh you know, I mean we go into Kathmandu, Nepal. We had, you know, we do these life stories for a month. Most of you know all that stuff. So, so, so we do life stories on television from their culture and their language and stuff on television. We set up a call center and all this stuff. We, we had 40,000 people call into the call center in Kathmandu, Nepal. You know, that then are all followed up. Can you imagine 100 churches following up 40,000 calls? <laughs> That's their job. <laughs> so there it is. So, you know, so... Pretty cool stuff. So, so you know, the Bible in people's language is happening. Christian radio reaches 93% of the world today is reached by Christian radio. Not by television. Television is, is spotty in many places in the world because of satellite television now. People have television. But there are still some places, uh, primarily in places like Africa, where television does not reach very well yet. But uh, in many places... It does. So, so we have this biblical principle, okay? Jesus talks about it in John chapter 12. Unless a corner of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it does, dies, it, what? Brings forth much fruit. Okay, brings forth much fruit. And, and wheat is, is grown all over the world. When I was a kid, um, every summer, I, I lived in Seattle, and we're, we're back living in there now, even though we were in the Midwest for 17 years. But um, uh, when I was a kid, I lived in Seattle, but every summer I spent the summer in eastern Washington. And my, my cousin and I, before we could drive, we, we, did the, we, we did the hay bales. You know, of course, now they're the big bales, but back then, yeah, they were the, the square bales, you know. And, and, and so... We hate all summer, and and then we got old enough. We drove drove, wheat truck, you know, and in the Palouse Valley there, and, and beautiful, 
beautiful wheat country. And but but wheat is an interesting thing because it and, and it's interesting that Jesus doesn't use corn or something else; he uses wheat because wheat, first of all, is grown all over the world. It's it's um, it's very hardy; doesn't need a lot of water. And it, I I didn't realize this, but but the root systems of wheat goes down thirty feet. Do you know that anybody don't know that? Yeah, the roots go down thirty feet. So it's, it's amazing. So no wonder it grows in so many different places. So Jesus uses wheat as an illustration of his own life, but also of the gospel. It's hardy. <laughs> it's hardy, you know, and it grows in very dry places. Okay, so you say, well, you know, it's a pretty dry place here. You know, okay, but but what wheat grows here. You know, wheat grows here, and, and and there can still be great harvest here. Do not, do not limit your faith to the level of your disappointment. Did you hear that? Do not limit your faith. You know, because some of you have 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 sought after doing the will of God, tried doors, doors didn't open, things didn't happen, prayed didn't happen. This, you know, and, and, and so because of that, anybody ever been there? Okay, yeah. So because of that reality, what happens to us, we, we get d- disappointed and our faith then uh, is, is lessened by that, okay? So what, what is faith? What is faith? Is it, is it memorizing 500 scriptures? Is it standing on your head? Is it saying the right words? Is it bibbidi-bobbidi-boo-poof? Huh? How many know we don't believe in faith healing? You, you don't believe in faith healing. You know that? You believe in, di- in divine healing. Faith healing says, my faith brings healing. If I do the right things, I will get healed. We don't believe in faith healing. We believe in divine healing. Okay? Totally different. Okay? So what is faith? Let me show you what faith is. You want to see what faith is? Faith is really simple. You know what it is? Oh, there won't be an alarm that goes off here. Have faith. Have faith. That's it. You know what faith is? Opening the door to the presence of God. Now, I wasn't planning on sharing this tonight. I, I mean, I, I got other stuff I was going to share tonight, but I, I just feel like I need to share this tonight. You know, there, You know what happens to us? Um, life happens to us. Sometimes not very pretty life happens to us. And we get discouraged. And, uh, and so we we close our door. All right? We drop our head. We say, ah, maybe not. You know? And so... You know, faith is Psalm 24. Open the gates so that the King of glory may come in. So what faith is is saying, God, I'm going to believe you no matter what. I'm just going to believe you. I'm just going to open, and I'm not going to close my door. I'm not going to close. I'm going to keep my door open, period. Now, uh, 
my my dad was an Assembly of God pastor, and um, this is a lot of years ago. I mean, uh, I was three years old. My dad was pastoring a little church in the state of Washington, down by the ocean called Montesano, and a little Assembly of God church there. And he came home for lunch one day and walked up the back steps of the parsonage and passed out and fell over backwards and fell on the ground below. And my mom freaked out, of course, and, and called the aid guard, and they came and took my dad to the hospital. And, and he was um, 32 at the time. I was three. And um, so I, I, this is 61 years ago. So that's a long time ago. <laughs> right. so, so anyhow, so um, he, he ends up in the hospital. And uh, his, his kidney shut down because of, 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 of sugar diabetes. He didn't even know he had it. It can be silent, and he didn't know he had diabetes, and boom, attacked his kidneys. There's only a couple of kidney machines in the country at that point, 61 years ago. Uh, it's all in the lottery system, system the only, only fair way of doing it. Um, so they transferred my dad to Harborview Hospital in Seattle, and, and he opened the door. He opened the door. And he totally believed God was going to heal him. There were thousands of people praying for him all over the country. And he, he, he so opened the door that he was going to write a book called With Healing in His Wings. That, that was the title of his book based on the book of Malachi. He was going to title his book With Healing in His Wings because he knew, he believed, he opened the door, King of Glory come in. You know, he believed God was going to heal him. Well, he didn't get healed. How many know there's mystery to life? Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to God, but that which he has chosen, he reveals. Josh, you know what a secret is? Secret means, I'm not telling you. <laughs> that's what a secret is, right? You know, that's what a secret is. I'm not telling you. I mean, you can, you can throw a fit, you can get angry, you can yell and scream and holler, but if it's a secret, God has said, it's a secret, I'm not going to tell you. You know? And there are some things we don't know. There are some things we don't understand. And, and, and so my dad, my dad died. He went blind and he died. And I was four years old and it was horrific. And back then, if you were Pentecostals, you didn't have insurance and we didn't have life insurance. My unsaved grandfather... God bless him, you know, took us under his wing and saved our bacon, and, you know, you know, and life went on. Okay, so years, years passed. I, I ended up going to the ministry years later, and my mom pulls me aside after I went to the ministry and said, I need to tell you something. He said, before my dad, before your dad died, he said, I want you to know that he prayed that, God, if you're not going to heal me, I want what is mine to become my sons. You know what that is? It's courage. It's courage. We, we don't need just faith, but there are times where we need courage. 
Don't ever close your door. My, my dad kept the door open until his last breath. Okay, don't, don't ever close the door. But there are times when even though the door is open, God doesn't give you what you want. And you say, is that Bible? Yeah. How many believe that Jesus was in right relationship to God? Believe that? Yeah. Stupid question, right? <laughs> you know, how many believe that 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 his prayers went to the Father? No question about it. Okay? But you know, Jesus prayed once, three times, for something, and God didn't give it to him. He said, if it's, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. Was he just mouthing those words? No, he meant it. He said, if it's possible, let's forget this. Aren't, aren't you glad the Father said no to that? Yeah, praise God. So, so you know, there's, 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 we grapple with life. This side of heaven. Sometimes life makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. You know. I don't know. That had nothing to do with what I was going to share tonight. But there it is. All right. Okay. So, and, and, and what, what Pastor Rob has envisioned is going to happen here may or may not happen. You see. But we keep the door open. You see. And we believe God. And we say, God, this is weak country. <laughs> right? This is weak country. This may be dry country, but it is weak country. And 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 we are going to keep the door open and we are going to believe for massive harvest. All right? Now, uh, you know, I mean, we see this whole picture. You know, the five loaves, two fish, 5,000 men, women and children are fed. You know, that's how God works. First Corinthians chapter three. You know this. You know, Paul is 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 talking about him and his ministry, and he said, "I'm nothing. Apollos is nothing." He says, "I planted. Apollos watered. But what? But God brought the increase. So he that." He that plants, he that waters, really is nothing, he said. It really is all about God. So, so when it comes down to it, it's a matter of us, you know, humbling ourselves, falling on our face before God, saying, God, you got to show us. you got to give us vision. You've got to give us direction. You've got to show us what to do, how to do, where and when. Okay? Because it's the work of God. Now, in your community and around the world, God does amazing things with people. Just amazing things. And, and, and each and every one of you here tonight, each and every one of you has a mission for Your mission for I don't even know this guy. What's your first name? Gary. Yeah, I've seen you before, but I, don't, I didn't remember your name. You know, Gary has a mission field. Each, e each of us has a mission field. We're all missionaries. I don't care if you're a plumber or, 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 or if you pull wire for electrical work or, or what. We, we all have a mission field. We all have people in our life 
that God is saying, this is where I've placed you now, and I want you to be a light to them. Some of you are retired, okay? You have a mission field. Friends, family, community, connections. We all have mission fields. And, 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 and we all have something God wants us to do. And it's important that we know our role. Are you a waterer? <laughs> are you a planter? <laughs> you know, the planter and the harvest seem to be, harvester almost seems to be the same guy. You know? Um, but the water is different. The, the water is a different kind of a person. You know? They're, they're the come alongside, encouraging, you know, um, living the life more than talking about it. You know, that's the water. Okay. And, 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 and we're all different. But, but God, God brings the increase. And my prayer is that in the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years, you're going to begin to see in this house God bringing new increase. And you'll all stand with your mouth open and say, we didn't do this. <laughs> you know, this is all God. This is all the work of God. This is all the grace of God. Why? Because salvation is not formula. Salvation is miraculous. People come to Christ because it's a miracle. So it's not dependent on you, Gary. It's not dependent on you. Okay, Gary, you know, you got to know this. You got you to say all the right. No, 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 no. No, you just be the best Christian you can be and let God use you. And, and, and God does far more. He does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. So he comes alongside of our inefficiencies and our weaknesses. And he, he does great things. Years ago, we were pastoring a little church on an island out in Puget Sound called Bastion Island, just outside of Seattle, 15, 20-minute ferry ride out of Seattle. And uh, an island about 10,000 people. And we were there about seven years. And we had a great time there. Built a new building. And it was fun. I, I mean, it was, a, it, was, it was a great ministry. In some ways, it was hard. But, I mean... In those days, Vashon Island had a blue haze over the island called marijuana. <laughs> we were there in the seventies, and 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 I mean, it was it was it was hippie commune, the basically most of the island, and 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 we weren't hippies, but. We sure had fun ministering to hippies. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was great. We saw a lot of them come to Christ, and, and it was it was a wonderful time. We had an old missionary come once. His name was Arlen Wessel. And here, this guy figured out who he was and what God called him to do. He ended up going to Borneo. He's just this little short, sawed-off guy. And Borneo, at that point, it was when he went there, he was an old man when I met him. So when he went to Borneo... It was all headhunter country. I mean, no white guy went to Borneo. It was crazy, you know. But he went to Borneo and, and left his wife in Seattle, his, his boy in Seattle, and went to Borneo, and he'd make these long trips back and forth. And, 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 and he'd be there for, I don't know, weeks, months, probably. And, and, and he'd, he'd get a dugout-type boat, you know, with a motor in the back, and, 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 and grab a translator, and they'd go up these rivers, 
in Borneo where no white men had ever been and preach the gospel and he'd have power encounters with witch doctors. I mean, it, it, he had some amazing stories, you know. And um, he told a story, I'll never forget it. I've never forgotten it. And it's been just really encouraging to me of the power of Christ and the power of the gospel. He said they went to this one area and typically, you know, he'd come in with the boat into the shore, you know, and of course, people would come down. Usually the chief would come down, you know, and, and so they'd, they'd talk to him and, and, and he'd, He'd say, we're, we're here. We want to talk to your people. Well, it's a white guy. This is a celebrity, you know. I mean, maybe they're going to have him for dinner, you know, I mean, <laughs> kind of thing. You know, so, so okay. So, but they probably didn't because he was this little shriveled up guy, you know. So, I mean, they, they, so, so anyhow, they'd, they'd have runners that would go out and they'd run throughout the whole region and they'd invite people to come and that night they'd have a, have a big meeting and, and, and they'd, they'd, figure out a place where he could stand and all you could see would be people. That that would be true wherever he went. You know? And he'd go there and he'd preach the gospel, simple gospel message. And and usually people would come to Christ. Well in this place, in this place, when he when he presented the gospel, he said, If you want to receive Jesus into your life, I want you to go to your knees. And everybody as far as he could see, went to their knees. And he prayed for them all to receive Christ, and they're crying and bawling and, and all this, you know. And he, he pulls the chief aside. He says, what's going on? He said, we have never seen this. And this is what he said. He said, it's very simple. He said, from generation to generation, word of mouth, it has come to our people that God had sent His Son to die for our sins. We just did not know His name. Isn't that an amazing story? You know? So you ask the question, how? <laughs> how did that come? I don't know. But very likely, it was a dream. More than likely, it was a dream. I mean, dreams are are so common throughout the scriptures. I mean, Old Testament, New Testament. The, you know, the father, the stepfather of Jesus, Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, had four dreams, at least. Significant dreams. Isn't it interesting that it wasn't given to Mary, it was given to Joseph. You know, kind of interesting reality there. But, um, so, so I want, I want you to have hope for Big Bear you know, God is able to save people, not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit. You know, so your confidence isn't in, you know, how great we are at preaching, or how great our music is, or our wonderful program. All those things are important, but ultimately, the bottom line is, your confidence is in the power of God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or even think. Now, we have recently gotten involved in the Islamic world. 
we have television studios in Finland, and they're almost exclusively now used for television programming that are uplinked. Our, the videos, as you'll see tomorrow, says 500 programs a year. Not anymore. It's 750. So we're doing 750 programs in Farsi and, and, and Arabic and, and Somalian, Eritrean, Ethiopian. And basically what we do is we bring people from all over Europe into our studios. We have a couple apartments there. They can stay there. And, and they'll do programming for a couple of weeks. And we make the studio look like Cairo, Egypt or, 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 or Iran or wherever they're from. And, and they'll do their own music and, and, and they'll do the, they do testimonies and they preach and they share and all this. And, 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 we, and we put these programs on, on satellite television now, five of them. Alongside of that, 750 programs a year now. Alongside of that, we have eight websites in Arabic. And we get one to two million hits from the Islamic world every month. Every month. I mean, you talk about hunger. Last month, last month, yeah, last month, we did a media evangelism outreach to Erbil, Iraq, in northern Iraq, in the Kurdistan area. And we were really concerned about it. But we had no resistance. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, we've had more resistance in Nepal, in India, in Russia, other places we've been. Far more than we had in Iraq. And I, I'm not sure why, but I can tell you God is doing something in, in the Islamic world. I can tell you that. And it's miraculous. I want you to get this picture. The gospel is miraculous. The gospel comes to people miraculously. It's not formula. It's not just you're saying the right words. It's you have to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And that's how people come to Christ. Um, Islam is 1,400 years old now. Okay, There's 1.5 billion Islamics. There's, what, 6 billion people in the world. 1.6 are Islamic, okay? Or 1.5. Probably 10% of the 1.5 billion would be considered Orthodox, okay? So we're talking about 150 million Orthodox Islamics. Probably 10% of those would be considered very likely terrorists. So there's probably 15 million terrorists. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? You go home with that encouragement tonight. <laughs> and, and in most Islamic countries, conversion is a, is a capital crime. So everywhere we go, our campaign is called Power to Change. <laughs> conversion, Power to Change. When we went to Iraq, Hanu Halka, the founder of our ministry, got a God idea that we're going to change it to Power to Forgive. And it, and it was just... Same message, <laughs> same message, but it was, they were able to receive it. So you see, sometimes it's a matter of getting a message that communicates with that culture. So what is the culture here? You know, what, what message is going to communicate to the culture of Big Bear? You don't know that. I certainly don't know that, but the Holy Spirit does. And, and he's able to show it to you. You know, I, I, I mean... 
you're you're all seeing what's happening with Syria and the Islamic Spring that's happening, you know, all across the. It's horrific. It's horrific. What what are this is not a political statement. What our government is doing in in funding the rebels in Syria is horrific because these are Islamic, Orthodox, many of them terrorists, you know. And it's already been proven wherever the rebels were successful, they purge the area of all Christians. I mean... Now, now Assad from Assyria, from from Syria, uh, is not an angel by any stretch, but he was sensitive to Christians. You know, we were this close before all this Arab Spring thing happened. We were this close to actually getting permission. We were in communication with government officials in Syria to do uh, a media campaign in Damascus. It was going to happen. Not now, of course. You know. Um, 85% of the people in Jordan believe this is, this is the Economist magazine. This is not a Christian magazine. This is a, a large magazine that comes out every week out of Great Britain called The Economist. I don't know how they get all that information every week. But it's a big magazine. And they did a poll in Jordan. And they found that 85% of the people in Jordan said that if you converted from Islam to Christianity or to anything else, Buddhism, whatever, you should be put to death. And Jordan is very kind of an open, you know, most of us look at Jordan as being probably one of the safest places, I'm on Jordan, probably one of the safest places to live in the Middle East. You know, in fact, we have an office there because it is one of the safest places in the Middle East to live. But, but the fact is, is that, hey, that's very dangerous ground. And, and, and oh, okay, so, so there you have the Islamic world. Then, then you have Germany that now has 4 million, 4 million Muslims in Germany. You have Britain that's got 1,700 official mosques. You have Turkey where the seven churches of Asia Minor were written that's now 99.8% Muslim. Okay? But in spite of all of that, I mean, I mean, how many, how many see that as a huge mountain? You have all this huge mountain of reality. But in spite of all that, thousands and thousands of people are coming to Christ today in the Middle East. Thousands. We have it documented. Not just us, but I mean the Christian world has it documented. A guy by the name of Hormaz Shariat is Iranian. 1979, he was in the streets of Iran saying, death to America, death to America. And then the next year he said, well, maybe not yet because I'd like to go to USC to get my, my, my doctorate. <laughs> so, so he comes to America, eventually comes to Christ. Now, it's a long story. But, but anyhow, now, every week at 10 p.m., Primetime television in Iran, satellite television, seven to nine million people watch Hormaz on television in Iran. They, they, they're expert now, 1990s, they knew that there was probably 500 Christians in Iran. Now, they're estimating it's like a million. A million Christians. How did that happen? Afghanistan, in the 1990s, they figured there was eight Count them, eight Christians in Afghanistan. 
You know how many today? 30,000. From 8 to 30,000. It's amazing. It's amazing growth. Uh, a, a, a Algerian sheik, um, imam, priest, whatever you want to call him, uh, was on a rant. And I can't document these numbers because these are his numbers. But, but this is what he said as he preached one day. There are 667 Islamics who are coming to Christ every hour. 16,000 a day, 6 million a year. Now, I can't document that. But those were his numbers. And he was, of course, extremely angry <laughs> about that reality. A, a, a guy who works with us, Father Zacharia, former Coptic priest, who has a, a million-plus-dollar price tag in his head by Al-Qaeda because he sees so many people come to Christ. Is, is preaching the gospel every week on satellite television out of his garage, and I won't tell you where, uh, out of his garage, preaches the gospel every week to 60 million people in the Islamic world. You know? Okay. So, so here it is, and I'm almost done. Okay? So here we are. All right, so... So here's 14 centuries of Christianity impacting Islam. Boom, 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 boom. 14 centuries. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There's been more people who have come to Christ in 10 years than in 14 centuries. <laughs> 14 centuries, 10 years. More in 10 years. What is happening? What is it? We are getting nearer to the end. Okay? All right. So, what I'm saying about you and Big Bear Creek, don't look back. 14 centuries. Boom, 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 boom. Then, boom, all of a sudden. Wouldn't it be wonderful in the next year or two you saw the boom all of a sudden? You know, where this place is filled one, two, three times. Man, we can't do this anymore. We got to, you know, increase the building. How many would like to see that happen? How many believe God is able? You see, you see, it is not my mind nor by power, but by the Spirit. You see, what's happening in the Islamic world? These are these are conservative numbers. These are not the big numbers. These, you know, I mean, I could blow the numbers, but I'm not going to do that. These are conservative. One out of four people in the Islamic world today who come to Christ have a dream encounter with Jesus. 25% of people who come to Christ in the Islamic world see Jesus in a dream at least once. Many of them, many times. Many of them, their first encounter with a dream encounter with Jesus is when they go on their Hajj, which is when they go to Mecca and Medina. Huh? They're supposed to go there once a year as an Islamic. And, and, so, and, and so they go there, and as they go there, you know, many of them are having dream encounters with Jesus in that context. It's just absolutely amazing. Let me let me wrap it up with a story. It's a true story. The guy was a Christian, is a Christian, in Cairo, Egypt. All right? Serving the Lord. And he's decided, I'm gonna go for broke. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out. I'm gonna start witnessing to people. I don't care if they put me to death, they put me to death. So he's out there, he's witnessing people, he's not being very successful. One night he goes to bed, sound asleep, and all of a sudden he feels a hand over his mouth. Boom. Just like that. And he feels a gun in his back. 
and a rough voice says, get out of bed. You're coming with me. So gets out of bed and they walk out of the house, walking down the street, three, three o'clock in the morning. And he's thinking what you would think. It's all over. I'm dead. You know, into your hands I commend my spirit. <laughs> this is it. We're, we're done. We're done. So they're walking down the, down, down the street, three o'clock in the morning, middle, middle of the road, you know, gun in his back. Guy still has his hand over his mouth. And, and he says, just keep walking. So, he, so, he, so he's walking down the street, and he says, okay, go up into this building. So they go up into this building. They go up to the roof. And the guy says, okay, now I want you to jump from this roof to the next roof. And I'm right behind you, so don't do anything funny. And, and it's just like the movies, you know. And, and, and the guy says, I don't know if I can make it. He said, yes, you can make it. Just take a running jump. You'll, you'll make it. So he made it. The guy was right behind him with the gun, right again in his back down from the roof of that second building down all the way down to the basement. They get down to the basement of this building and there's 10 guys sitting around a table with a candle. And they're just sitting there, very solemn looking guys, you know, not old, young, all younger guys. And they're sitting there. And um, so they sit them down and they all relax and they start smiling at him. And... Uh, He's wondering, thought they were going to kill me. Now it looks like we're going to have dinner. <laughs> what's, what's going on? You know? And they said, all right, we need to explain to you. We are, we are all imams. We are all Islamic priests. We have all had dream encounters with Jesus. We have all become followers of Jesus. We are now praying for our mosques that we preach in. And we are praying for our families that they will all come to Christ. And we have been following you. We've been watching you. We've been listening to you. Gives me goosebumps. And we know that you know the Bible. We hear it on the streets. We hear you talk to people. We don't know anything about the Bible. We don't have a Bible. Can you teach us the Bible? <laughs> and that's how he is teaching them at, in the middle of the night in this building, jumping from one building to another. He's still doing that on a regular basis, going there, teaching these Muslim priests the Bible. Now, what's going to happen with all this? God only knows. But, you see, God is reaching people. And when Paul went to Corinth, God said something to Paul. He said, I have many people in this city None of them were Christians. But God was saying, I have many people right here who are ready to respond to me. And that's true for here. That's true for Big Ben. God is as well here to reach this community as well. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So, keep your door open. Keep your door open. And do not allow your faith to drop to the level of your disappointment. Right? Now, I, I know it's, it, it, stuff happens in life and we can get cynical and we can get like, I'm not even sure how much of this is true anymore. Well, that's because of, many times, it's because of wrong teaching. You know, 
But grab a hold of God with everything you have. Open the door. And when you experience the death of something or someone, stand courageously when your answers don't come. That's what, that's what it means to be a Christian. Lord, tonight, I thank you, God, for these people. I thank you, God, for the privilege you've given me of coming here tonight. And I, I believe there have been some here tonight who have closed the door Maybe they seem phony baloney. Maybe they opened the door and nothing happened. But for some reason, they quietly shut their door. God, I pray that tonight they would reopen it by faith tonight and say, Oh God, I really don't care. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care whatever. I am going to believe you to the end. Period. I'm going to walk faithfully before you. I'm going to do your will. I'm going to believe you for what you have. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to do anything. Just asking you to affirm it in your heart to the Lord tonight. God, tonight, I reopen my doors to your grace, to your power, to your presence. And I'm not going to close them ever again. In Jesus' name, amen.